welcome back to the Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Alvisu. This is episode 86. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that you can visit thedadchronicle.com to subscribe to this podcast for free. And also, big shout out to Braingoo, who is our latest patron. You can also become a patron by visiting thedadchronicle.com. Take that link from that site to our patron site where you can see a bunch of really awesome rewards. Um, it is due to patrons like Brain Goo and others that help make this show possible. So consider supporting as well. Today, I speak with Chrissy Bartlett, who is here to share with us the importance of teaching your kids to swim. Chrissy is with Swim Kids, an organization here in Northern Virginia that teaches kids how to swim and be safe in the water. And my own daughter, Aria, takes classes with Swim Kids and has benefited greatly from it, even beyond just the safety aspect of that. And that's something that we'll talk a little bit about in this episode. First, we'll hear from Chrissy on why she loves teaching so much. My heart has always been in teaching, and I think whether I'm teaching a two-month-old or a five-year-old or an 18-year-old or a 30-year-old, you know, it's all still the same. And so I think what really helped me on in the teaching world was getting to know lots of different people and their strengths and what they love to do and how to bring out the best in them. We also learn about some of the ways learning to swim at a young age helps you bond with your child as a parent. Yeah, I think the science is really cool. And yes, I want children to be safer in the water, but I think that that bond that we get um, is worth more than probably everything else. And finally, we'll talk about why it's paramount that you get your kids in the water at a young age. What's really amazing when you start a child young in the water is they have no memory of not loving it. You know, they just don't. It's like when you start teaching a child to read really early. They don't have any memory of not being able to do it. They just remember that it's awesome and they love it. Here's my conversation with Chrissy Bartlett of Swim Kids. Chrissy Bartlett, welcome to the Dad Chronicle. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> me too. Um, so if you guys at home have heard, uh, you, you've likely heard a lot uh, about the great experience that my daughter Aria has had in swim. So Chrissy is one of the masterminds behind this wonderful program. We're going to talk a bit about uh, the program and and your experience teaching kids water safety and, and the great things that it does for parents. But before we do that, let's learn a little bit about you. So why don't you take a quick moment? How would you introduce yourself to the world? Okay, let's see. How would I introduce myself? Well, first of all, um, I love children. I love working with everybody in the water. Uh, babies and swimming is something that I've developed over the last 10 years. But um, we got this business started in our backyard about 22 years ago. And so it's a family-owned business, and I have had a chance to grow up with the business. I was a teacher, um, an educator first before coming all in with Swim Kids. And then I've had the chance over the last several years to really do what I love to do most, which is build relationships and build great teams and work with kids and their families. Love it. Love it. Yeah, And you have this education background, how has that played a role in what you do? You know, I was a high school English teacher, and then I was a teacher at George Mason University, a, a oh, okay. professor of teachers. Oh, and so I'm, I think, I'm a former uh, patriot myself. So oh, are you good. really? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Me too. Nice. Um, and I think that really my heart has always been in teaching, and I think whether I'm teaching a two-month-old or a five-year-old or an 18-year-old or a 30-year-old, you know, it's all still the same. And so I think what really helped me on in the teaching world was getting to know lots of different people and their strengths and what they love to do and how to bring out the best in them. So 
that's I get to use that every day at work. Oh, I love that mentality. I think that it takes somebody very special to be a teacher, and uh, so kudos to you for for having that that goodness Thanks. in uh, in your soul because it really <laughs> is a deep down in your soul sort of thing. Um, let, let's talk about you be uh, about being a parent because you uh, the, are a mom. I am. I've got three beautiful children, uh, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, so they're 18 months apart, so that was a doozy when they were little, and then I have a five-year-old, so I have a little bit of a gap, a little bit of a, oh, a little surprise, which has been fantastic, and um, they have really fantastic personalities and sense of self, and I think swimming has a a little bit to do with that. I think Yuri and I have a little bit to do with that. I think, you know, our community raising a children in a village also always helps. So that's Nayarit, Thrace, and Rio are my three wonderful Aww. children. Love <laughs> it. I love it. Yeah, the, I, I'm a big believer in that that phrase you just said, it takes a village. Mm. What ways has, uh, has your village really helped you in raising your kids? Well, I think that... Um, Gosh, we have a pretty big family. So my brother and I are the only ones in our family, but my mom uh-huh. and my dad, um, they both come from a family of five. And my husband, his mom comes from a family of 10. Wow. And his dad comes from a family of six. So we have like more than 100 family members within about two hours of us. So when I say a village, I mean like a big one, like an actual village. And um, that's just like aunts and uncles. So we have um, the opportunity to really be surrounded by family. Our children really have an identity that gets to be um, secured by love and lots of close relationships that they get to see a lot. Oh, I love that so much. You know, in the day-to-day, you know, as an example, today, I had my dad picking up my 13-year-old from her choir practice, and I had my mom getting my son Thrace over to baseball, and then everybody met at the pool at six, (laughs) and then my husband met them there and got them home to bed. So, you know, it's, it's not possible to do it all yourself, and so it's just really wonderful to have people who are close by who love and help along the way. Yeah, and, really lucky. and this whole um, thing around swim kids and the business, this is all very much a family-owned business. Is yeah, that right? So, absolutely. So how did you get involved? Let's, let's go back in time. Okay, back in time. Let's yeah. see. So back in time, swim kids started about 22 years ago. I think that's, I've got my dates right. 23, wow. It'll be 23 next summer. Yeah. Um, and really my brother and his wife, he was a swim coach. So he was a, you know, he's he was my swim coach. He was my high really? school coach and my year-round coach and my summer league coach. And so I'd always looked up to him as a role model and my mentor in athletics and in life, really. And so when I was a freshman in college um, at William and Mary, they started this little business in their backyard pool. So they were like, hey, Chrissy, you know, in between practices, do you want to spend a couple hours teaching kids how to swim in the middle of the day? And I was like, I mean, yeah, of course. So he got a couple of um, our swimmers from our swim team and we got started. It was a summers only business when it started. I was in college and then I was a high school English teacher. So I just worked in the summers, all summers outdoors, teaching kids how to swim, managing just, I was part time, but all in, in the summer. Cause I didn't have a job during the summer. And then, um, as the years progressed and they started going year round, Uh, he needed somebody to help with training. And so I was at that point a English teacher. And in my off time, I just helped with training, running interviewing and hiring and training. So I was still part-time. 
And then I had my first two children and I stopped teaching and moved over to Mason. Um, so stopped teaching in the high school and moved over to George Mason. And when I did that, uh, they wanted me to be a little bit more full time. And so I did Mason and I became like an overseeing all of the training and hiring instead of him and I splitting it up. Uh, and they started building our first site in 2010 in Gainesville. Um, and then in 2012, I was getting to make a decision on if I wanted to stay in this area or possibly take my fam family away to a little ski town called Telluride. So we were thinking about, you know, kind of moving away from the family and just hunkering down with the four of us, uh, two kids close by and kind of living a different life for a little, for a year or two. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Dave and Cindy at that point were thinking, you know, Chrissy, I think it would be really cool if you stayed here and ran the business while we headed to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so they were Good moving um, to to the Outer Banks, and they really made a great offer to uh, me to come in all full in to help run the business while they moved away and um, wow. build up the business so that it was ready for growth when we were ready to grow again. And so, what's that's that been like for you? What I've been doing, I love it. Yeah, uh, you know, like any job, there's ups and downs, and I think that with growth comes learning and, um, conflict and moments of, of turmoil. But I think that if I look back, I think it's one of the best decisions that I've made. I really love actually working for family. And mm -hmm. I think that that's not always the case, uh, but we're pretty good at taking our hats on and off, you know, like this is my sister hat and this yeah. is my, you know, regional manager hat. And so how do you think you're able to do that, by the way, because I know a lot of people <laughs> who are in business, let's say with a spouse, with a sibling in your case, mm -hmm. how do you best differentiate that dynamic? I guess dynamic is probably the best word to use. Yeah, totally. I think that um, really having a clear set description and um, expectation of any position in the company, right? So that if it's really clear for everyone, not just me, it's not... You know, Chrissy's my sister, so I'm putting her into this position because she's my sister. It's like, here's the job description. Here's why we're doing it. Here are the measures. And it would be the same if anybody was doing that job right. position. So I think that it's really important just to be very um, ob objective, if you can be, when you're setting up a business with working with family and just set up boundaries and parameters. Like when we're at Thanksgiving, we might not be talking about business. Like we're just, it's family time. You Is know? that hard to do though? You know, it depends. We've gotten a, a lot better at it and just being able to say, you know what? I don't really want to talk about business right now. Like let's just Good, be, let's cool. just be family. And that's like yeah. a key. Like if you've got key phrases to, to help you trigger in and out, that helps. So that, that's, that's <laughs> our mom worked with us too. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> she was, we, we drew her into the business about 10 years ago. She finally retired. Oh, last year, I love that. So we felt really proud about that. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I love that. It's a family affair. That's so fun. Now, um, again, kind of bringing it back to my own experience, uh, swim kids has been kind of transformational for Aria and, and you and I spoke about this a little bit over yeah, the phone previously. Yeah. Um, it, it really does a tremendous, um, uh, a lot of positive around the the motor skills, the development, the uh, just awareness, mm -hmm. I think, um, for a child. The list can go on. Um, what do you really see as like the tangible benefits for kids, you know, not just Aria, but across the board when it comes to swimming? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think any 
person who works at Swim Kids would tell you the number one reason that we do this for our life's work is because we love children. And the second reason that we do it is because we want to keep them as safe as we possibly can in and around the water. So I think that it's really important. You know, it's not even a thought... It used to be that kids could get in a car without a really a proper car seat, right? Like that was just, that was the thing that my parents did. Um, and 50 years ago, it just was not even thought of like that this was a, a really serious thing to do. Same thing with bike helmets, right? It used to be that people just ride around on their bikes with nothing on their head. And nowadays, like people are like, oh, you don't have a bike helmet on? Right. What are you thinking? Right. Um, I think that we just need to get to that spot with swimming because um, drowning is the number one cause of accidental death in children one to five, which is really terrifying yeah. for all those people out there who have children in that age bracket. And I think that people just need to start understanding that swim lessons are like a car seat. You know, it's when you come every week, parents have a better understanding of what their child can and can't do. Their awareness goes way up. And I think that why there are so many drownings, even within, you know, most drownings happen when one or both parents are there, 75% or more. And almost always parents are within 20 feet of their child drowning when it happens because people just don't know. They don't know what it looks like and they don't know that it's possible it's going to happen to them. It's this like invincibility um, kind of Like, we just don't think that's possible. And it can happen in the places that you sometimes can least expect it. So, like, I give an example of, you know, maybe you're at a friend's house and they have a pond in their backyard and you just didn't ever even think about it. Well, a two-year-old is mobile and they'll go, as you well know, with Aria, right? And so they know, they they find water and they love water. And so I think that, you know, one of the huge reasons to be getting involved in swimming is teaching your children some habits around the water, just like we teach them habits around the street, right? Starting as soon as they can walk, we start talking about, oh, we don't cross the street without holding our hand, Mm. right? And so in the pool, really before we even get to any swim lessons, so if you don't have, you know, the time or the ability to do swim lessons, like just teach some safety around the water that any time we are around any water of any kind, like the bathtub or the even the toilet, which seems kind of funny, but like any kind and outdoor water, just teach our kids to sit and wait. It's not something that we do without an adult. And that's actually, that's really profound because there's so much that you can do without ever really needing the lessons. That's right. I mean, the lessons are pretty paramount, like when it kind of talks about taking that next step. But just if you were to say, what are like the, the top three things that maybe um, a parent could take into consideration today yep. without being in a, in a swim class. Yep. Today, just every day when you go into your bath, just having a, a, a song or a sit-down time with your child and we talk about water. You know, you say, even though they don't understand everything, children are understanding way more than we give them credit for. We oh, have yeah. children who can sign well before they can talk. They go by our body language and our cues. I mean, think about how much kids learn when they're up until they're one years old and beyond. Um, 85% of the brain is developed before they're five. And so, you know, like just going into your bathroom at bath time and sitting down before we get into the tub and saying, oh, you know what? We're getting ready to go into bath time. We don't ever get into bath time without mom or dad. You know, we always wait before we get in. You could sing a little song. You know, we, we like to sing songs when we do things, but... 
you know, that would be a number one. Anytime you're around water, just being very mindful of having a conversation and going through the proper steps of what we do when we're not what we don't do, but what we do when we're, we're in that situation. Um, I think other really important things that you can be doing is getting them comfortable around water. So, you know, creating a relationship that this isn't something to be really scared about. It's just something to learn about. Um, because it doesn't matter if the child's scared or not on impacting drowning. You know, that's not really, it's not because, you know, they're scared of the water that they don't get in. Kids are just drawn to water. So having a healthy relationship with water. So in the bathtub, making sure that you're having lots of toys in there and doing, you know, washcloths on their face and taking cups and pouring it over their head. And I think I see a lot in when we're in swim lessons that we do some unlearning um, and relearning is when you're really protecting your child from any water on their face. And I would say that, you know, right when you get home from the hospital, like it's okay, you can take a washcloth to their face. It's not going to hurt them. Babies were in water the whole time when they were in their mother's womb and they are good. (laughs) They're good with water. It's so funny. You talk about that relearning and unlearning. There's almost a counterintuitive piece to a lot of the swim lessons that Aria has been a part of. When you think about I'm dunking my <laughs> one-year-old, you know, under the water or whatever it was, uh, and she's expected to hold her breath. But but again, it goes back to this. We don't give the kids enough credit yes. in their natural ability. That's right. There's like an instinctual thing that kicks in. There is. Yeah. Do you have any... Um, is there any science behind that? There's a lot of science behind it. Yeah. So... Um, When you think about if you are falling, like if you fall forward, your natural instinct when you fall forward is to take in a deep breath, right? Uh And so same thing when you are teaching a baby, if if you blow in their face, right? If you do a big blast of air in a baby's face, the first thing they're going to do is... Breathe in, right? And so what you're trying to do is when you're teaching a child to go under and hold their breath in the water, that you're trying to initiate that response that's natural, right? That reflex that's not natural. So whether you're creating this sense of falling, so that one, two, three, and you're lifting them up and kind of falling into the pool or the Humpty Dumpties where they're falling in, or whether you use that blow in the face, it's really training a child to learn how to hold their breath and where the science kicks in, which is really cool, is uh, the science behind the swimming, which I could talk a whole bunch about, but we don't have time probably to, <laughs> to talk too much about it. Um, a little bit, though, is, okay, so think about sensory. Like when, we're, when our sensors are being stimulated, then our brain is being stimulated. So we learn through movement. And in the pool, it's this really amazing, unique experience that the brain is firing on all cylinders because we've got taste, we've got touch. I mean, we've got all of it. We've got sound, we've got sight. And so when we let go of that child in the water, so they've learned to hold their breath and the parent feels brave and they let their hands go, you know, they can't do this movement anywhere else in life, particularly when you start them, you know, in that six month range, you know, when we let them go and they hold their breath, they're in this weightless environment. They're working within the water and we're providing them something that's completely unique and their brain is like on fire with mm. that motion. Because these guys at six or seven or eight months, yeah, they're in strollers, they're in our arms, 
they're laying down, <laughs> right? When they're in the water, they can move bilaterally, um, they can turn, they can twist, and they're weightless, which unless anybody has some um, weightless chambers at their house, we probably don't get that yeah. experience anywhere else. And so why that's so cool for the brain is with each new experience that we repeat over and over again, we build neural, neural networks, right? And so that's a fancy way to say like highways in the brain. The more neural networks we have in our brain, the more able we are to learn. So when we provide our children with any kind of experiences that are really sensory rich, whether it be the pool or um, gymboree or a playroom that has all the senses being stimulated, when we're doing that and we're doing it with consistency week after week, day after day, we are building pathways in the brain that allow for learning. So instead of having one road, right, now we have 10 roads. Mm, and that okay. foundation that we lay down in the brain directs the rest of their learning for their life. And so anytime you can create a unique experience that's sensory rich with your child and do it over and over again, you're really creating a benefit that you did not ever think about when you were signing your child up for swim lessons. And that is so, that that's the the biggest surprise that I had going into this thing. So when I when I, the obvious reason to sign up for your your swim classes is hey let's um let, let's make sure the kid is safe yeah let's right? let's have some safety let's have some time together but then also <laughs> like just watching her at three or four months old when she first started doing it where she's like learning the motor skills she was grabbing the wall she was grabbing things like that um that acceleration in learning was mind-blowing and and I and I loved it. I thought it was incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. So to hear the science behind that and really that what you talked about the neural pathways opening up um, is incredibly that's incredibly profound. It's something yeah. that people should really take into consideration when doing that. And if you want to find out more information on that, if you go online and look at the Griffith University, it's a mm -hmm. study outside of, um, from Australia. Okay. And the study is really pretty in depth. And in, for all those science people out there, it's a full all in study. It's 350 pages. It's a longitudinal study. So it's, um, followed kids from the age of we started with the, when they were one and it followed them through when they were 10. And so it was this long-term study of kids in swim lessons and kids not in swim lessons across socioeconomic status all over Australia. Um, it was pretty cool. And so they found all kinds of milestones and advancements for kids who were swimming versus kids who were not swimming. I think, you know, that, that child development stuff is super cool in terms of benefits, but the really benefit outside of safety, obviously, which is a huge one. Yeah is just the time that we get to have with our baby that is no interruptions. There's no cell phones, there's no televisions, yeah. there's no dishes, there's no chores. It's you and your child face-to-face, skin-to-skin. For that 30 minutes, you're protecting them. They can feel your love. They know that you're proud of them. They know that you believe in them and their confidence. And you as a parent get to be a partnership in their learning with somebody there as a coach who is saying, you're doing a great job. That's exactly right. Now let's try this. Like it's this really unique and beautiful opportunity for you and your child to learn side by side. So yeah, I think the science is really cool. And yes, I want children to be safer in the water. But I think that that bond that we get um, is worth more than probably everything else. That's a very good point. Now, <laughs> now, for you specifically, somebody with kids, yeah, how has this been effective um, and a positive part of your relationship with your kids? 
Oh my gosh. So um, I have always said that I did not care if my kids were swimmers or not. I just wanted them to be safe around the water, you mm-hmm. know, as safe as possible around the water. And I, people thought I was a little bit crazy. You know, I used to really enjoy the beach and I could just relax and you know, read a book and take a nap or play some volleyball. And then the beach just isn't the same with kids. I mean, I had kids who could swim, you know, 100, 200 yards in the pool, but I was still kind of like, on the edge of my seat, like mm-hmm. watching, like I was the beach lifeguard and people are like, Chrissy, your kids are swimming better than anyone out there. Like, what are you concerned about? I'm like, it just can happen so quickly. Right. Like it just, so I think, um, even though that's a little scary, that really the awesome part is just, we're able to do everything in the water. You know, they, yeah. they don't ever remember a time when they weren't able to swim. They all started when they were two months, my son was super tiny, Thrace. You know, he was like itty bitty. He was too cold. He cried for like six months in the pool. And we could Aww. only do it for like 10 minutes at a time because he was just too cold. We'd like put wetsuits on him. But by the time he got to be eight months, he loved it. Yeah. You know, he just needed a little bit more. We had to take a couple breaks along the way, you know, to give him some, give him some space. We didn't want him to be sad. Um, you know, one of my children had a really hard time learning how to hold her breath. And so it took her like a year to learn how to hold her breath. And we took the time to make her make sure she was comfortable. And now she's my strongest swimmer out of all three of them. Really? You know, um, we can go out on boats. We can go wakeboarding. We can be out on the beach together. We can go deep sea fishing. You know, we've been to the Great Barrier Reef. It's just the ama- there's so many cool things to do in the water, water parks. And um, for us, it was essential. We have a pool in our backyard. You know, so that is also a huge thing that I just needed to make sure that they were good around the water. Yeah. Um, so, like, to give an example, right now, they all started swimming um, right away. And Nayarit, my oldest at 13, she now swims on the swim team. And it's, like, her only sport. Like, she's into swimming. She doesn't really? do it, like, six days a week or something. But she wants to swim in her high school team, and she loves it. She doesn't really identify with any other sport. She's more of a singer and a writer, but loves swimming. My Love son it. Thrace, he he'll do every sport there is, you know, baseball and, you know, running and ice skating and swimming. So he's just a recreational swimmer. You know, sure. he swims, but it's just something that he's doing for fun. Um, Rio, our five-year-old, she was actually born in the water. We did a um a water birth with wow. her, which was super awesome. If Yo, anyone's thinking cool. about it, do it. Yeah, <laughs> it that's amazing. It was so great. If I could go back and do them all that way, I would. Really? Uh-huh. It was amazing. My husband and I both agree. So um, we were at a local birthing center yeah. um, for that. So that was really, really wonderful. So with her, she is our strongest swimmer out of everybody. But even though we haven't done anything differently, like she, she is really doing phenomenal. And they all just have this really healthy, loving relationship with the water. So, See, I that's couldn't... beautiful. And, that, and that's really great that they've all taken to it in one form or another. And it sounds like you almost, it, things got easier as yeah. the kids got, as you had the kids, each kid got a little bit easier. Um, you know, because one thing I was going to ask you, how do you tap into that patience when, when you know, your, your firstborn daughter was having issues holding her breath for a year right. like that to me if i if i was still dealing with that with aria that would be super discouraging to me as a parent how yeah. did you tap into that patience so i think you know for for me i was thinking okay so this is valuable no matter if she's learning how to swim or not there's not many activities that kids can actually 
quote unquote, learn how to do before they're two. So, you know, I'm like, calm down. She's not even a year old. Like we just need to take a deep breath. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of self-talk, right? Like, you know, you can't really go out and do much anything before they're two and make, and make feel like you're actually getting them to learn a skill. Whereas in the pool, they can learn how to back float. They can learn how to swim to the wall. They can learn how to do all, all kinds of things actually before they're two. And so I just had to take a self check and remember like, it's okay if we go slow at first, because when you build the foundation properly, then everything else will come. And that's a hundred percent true. So any parents out there who may be in swim lessons, um, I can speak specifically about swim lessons cause that's babies. I'm the expert in that situation is slow is fast. Don't rush it. Make sure they love it. Take your time, set the foundation and be sure they can breathe properly. Cause mm-hmm. once they learn how to breathe properly, let the water do the work. And when you get a child who's totally comfortable in the water, they will be amazing swimmers. Yeah. And it, it there's no rush. I think that we're always kind of in this, especially in Northern Virginia, we're in this like go, 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 right? And um, I think I just saw how much she was enjoying it and I, I could feel how much I was enjoying it. And so I was just like, you know what? I just need to let this go. When she gets it, she gets it. And it, as an instructor, it really helped me create a toolbox for all of the other parents and all of my coaches that I was training to what to do when a child is having a hard time learning the cue. And so it was really a blessing because I've now gone on to teach more than 5,000 instructors on how to teach babies how to swim. And so that beginning with my first was probably really, really fortuitous um, because it helped me understand how people feel when it doesn't go exactly the way you think. Because most kids learn how to hold their breath, maybe six Six times going under, like, you know, most of the kids that swim kids, almost right away. Most everybody within three or four lessons of going under, they've got it. Yeah. So that was really, um, it was a growth experience for me and for her. Yeah. And I think about you, one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, your expertise is something that you become an expert at. Um, There must be a plethora of resources out there that parents should tap into, especially when it comes to water safety. What are some maybe a, a few resources that you might recommend to the listeners of this show um, for them to check out or absolutely. become familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say um, Safer 3 is a really fantastic organization that has lots of materials for children in particular. Safer. Safer Oh, three. Safer. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. S-A-F-E-R 3. Okay. Um, and that's from Johnny and Cindy, Cindy Johnson are the founders of the Safer 3. Um Stop Drowning Now is a fantastic um, organization. Uh, If for any reason you are needing some assistance to be able to afford swim lessons, um, a foundation called Hope Floats Foundation provides scholarship money so that anybody can take swim lessons. It doesn't have to be just within your budget. And they are really growing. They have um, more than 25 states that they're serving at this point. It's a pretty new scholarship program. That's so that's cool. a huge resource. Um, I would also say if you're interested in finding out more just about like what babies can do, you can look up world baby conferences, um, world aquatic conferences, what they're called. The most recent one was in Australia. Oh, last, was that the one that you were in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was last summer. Yeah. And they've, they've been in Mexico and they've been in Vancouver, but there are a ton of aquatics, baby specialists. But if you look up world baby conference online, 
you're going to find articles, you're going to find um, clips of speakers. And it's, it's, that's a pretty fun thing if you're looking for more information about why this is a, a cool thing to do with your child. I, I will definitely have that in the show notes for folks so that you can have the links to these places. I'll look, I'll, I'll get those and put those in for everybody. Okay, great. Um, so that is fascinating and awesome. <laughs> um, now I always like to end the show yeah, yeah. with, uh, with a little bit of words of wisdom. Mm. So, you know, you are a parent, you're also an expert in this field. If you were to be, you know, talking to folks about the, uh, the importance of something like swim safety um, you know, perhaps parents are hesitant for whatever reason to get their kids started in the water. What sort of words of wisdom would you provide somebody? I would say that it is some of the most valuable time that you can spend um, with your child, whether you you feel comfortable. A lot of parents who sign up don't feel comfortable in the water themselves and don't let that stop you right? because um, we are always trying to provide something better for our children than what we had the opportunity to be provided with. We have lots of opportunities to help you feel comfortable and help your child feel comfortable, so don't let that stop you. And I would say um, that what's really amazing when you start a child young in the water is they have no memory of not loving it. You know, they just don't, it's like when you start teaching a child to read really early, they don't have any memory of not being able to do it. They just remember that it's awesome and they love it. Right. So I think that start early, um, the more you're able to be in the pool and the water with your baby, even if it's just fill up your own tub, you got a big tub in your bathtub, like fill it up and get in there and play around in your own spaces that you have. Uh, because I think that that skin to skin, uh, contact is not happening quite as much as it should mm. nowadays. And the pool and the water is such a beautiful place for that to happen. So very well have said. Have fun. Spend time with your babies. Get them started early. Absolutely. Now, I want to make sure people know about Swim Kids as an organization. Okay. Give you an opportunity to talk about it. So where can folks learn more about Swim Kids? What would you tell them about the organization? I would tell them that it is really common for us to have families come and talk to us about how wonderful their experience is, that they they love our staff, they love our lessons, um, it's well worth the money that they spend, and even though you can go to other places and spend half as much as the lessons that you co- have at Swim, Swim Kids, so we are a little bit more expensive, so just eyes wide open, yeah. uh, but I yeah. think that what we provide is a really high value for, for what you're getting, and we love our customers. Our expectation is that you are really having the best experience of your week with your child, that 30 minutes that you're there with us. And um, where you can find information is, is easy. It's just swimkids.us. And we're in Gainesville and Leesburg and Woodbridge, and we'd love to have you join us. Yes. And uh, if you're here in the Northern Virginia area listening to this, definitely check them out. Um, they have a... is. Is it a free program from yeah second, from two months to six months? Two months to six months. If you've got a baby, come on, get in yes, the water with us. It's, it's free. It's so worth it. <laughs> it's guys. so awesome. It's so worth it. And then you'll fall in love like we did. And then we've been doing it every Saturday since. <laughs> thank you, Alex. So thank you, Chrissy. Our, our guest today has been uh, Chrissy Bartlett. Thank you again for sharing. Yeah, thanks Appreciate so much it. for having me. Special thanks again to Chrissy Bartlett. It has been such a pleasure watching Aria grow and become comfortable in the water. So if you have an organization in uh, your area, I know a lot of folks from around the world listen to this show. 
Um, definitely look into getting your kids in the water for not just the safety piece, and of course the safety piece is really important, but also the development piece. Start them young, two months old, works great. That's been my experience with Aria. So again, the organization is Swim Kids. You can check them out, swimkids.us. If you're here in the Northern Virginia area, um, they have been wonderful to us. So I, again, uh, thank you to Chrissy for sharing so much wisdom. And I hope that you guys got a lot out of that conversation. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and consider supporting this show. At the top of the show, I talked about Brangu, who was our latest patron. So thank you again, Brangu. It's people like Brangu that uh, that make this show possible. If you head over to thedadchronicle.com, there is a link to become a patron. Check out the rewards there. It is greatly appreciated. I uh, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, do appreciate everybody's love and support. And if you'd like to chime in on the conversation today, email thedadchroniclepodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow me on social media, you can do so by just following at Alex Albisu. My last name is spelled A-L-B as in boy, I-S as in Sam, U. Thanks for listening. See you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.